You are listening to the Courageous Living Podcast with certified life coaches and ministry leaders, Sarah Tolbert and Heidi McLean. The Courageous Living Podcast is about you and how you can live courageously in spite of fear and past experiences. Their goal is to empower you with knowledge, skills, and techniques they share with their clients to help you live a more joyful, purposeful, and fulfilling life. Let's get started. This week is a very special Father's Day episode with a very special guest. We want to honor and celebrate fathers everywhere, and in this week's episode, we're interviewing Sarah's father, Steve Freeman. He joins us for a candid interview of his trials and triumphs in life, and what his greatest joy in life has been. He was not a perfect father, but none are, because no one person this side of heaven is perfect. We do understand that Father's Day can be a painful or sad time for many, while others are celebrating and rejoicing in their experiences with or as fathers. No matter what side of the fence you're on, we want to send our love your way and let you know that no matter what, you do have a father, a heavenly father that loves and cares for you in ways that an earthly father cannot. The Lord our Father in heaven wants you to know that he will be a father to you, and you shall be his sons and daughters, just as it says in 2 Corinthians 6.18. Welcome to our Father's Day episode. Let's get started. All right, Heidi, what was your win this week? My win this week was going on vacation and taking some time for myself and getting some much needed rest and a change of scenery. And it was excellent for having a new perspective. And it just gave me so much more energy and did a kind of eat, pray, love experience yes. <laughs> where, you know, just it took some time to meditate and time to pray and just kind of hone my energy into myself and enjoying company of friends. And so it was a huge win for me. I love time I got to spend on vacation. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. How about you, Sarah? What was your win? So mine is going to sound really dumb, but for me, it was an accomplishment. So I have been working on this puzzle. Okay. I sound like a nerd already, (laughs) but I have been working on this puzzle. I love doing puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. And this one happened to be like 2000 pieces. And I have been working on it since January. (laughs) And I finally finished it because I never have time to work on it. But it just... I like to do them because it it makes me think like it keeps my brain sharp and it's just relaxing to me. Um, some people don't think that's relaxing, but I think find it very relaxing. And so I got my puzzle done. Yay. Um, I think it was Friday. So yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I felt really good about it. So kind of done, but whatever. It means something to me. So, <laughs> so we are going to get started now. And as this season is one of interviews, we decided to invite my dad. I am so, so, so excited that he is here and he is going to talk to us today. And I just, I feel so blessed that he is my dad. Like I am so, so blessed. I know a lot of people don't have great relationships with their fathers, but I really do. So it is a huge honor that he said yes to doing this. And I'm so excited. So dad, would you like to share a win that you had this week? Okay. Well, every day is a win for me waking up every morning and, (laughs) you know, if I feel great, you know, uh, no back pain or whatever. Mm. That's a win. Uh, every time I get to talk to my children, that's a win. So, you know, I, I've been really blessed. Uh, I talked with you yesterday and, and now, uh, talked 
Jennifer, your sister, um, uh, a couple days ago. So uh, I'm truly blessed. I Aww, love that. Awesome. Yay. Oh, that makes my daughter heart just like sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> well, for our audience who doesn't know dad by dad, his name is Steve Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I'm probably going to call him dad this whole episode, but that's fine. <laughs> and we are so grateful that you're here to join us today, Steve, and willing to share. And that was beautiful example of um, a win. Connecting with our families is always a win. So, if you don't mind, would you please tell a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, where you're born, how, what your home life's like, and what kind of work you do? Um, I was born in 1953 in Oklahoma City, and uh, I lived in Oklahoma City until about uh, 1975, at which time I moved to Lawton. I was with the phone company, and uh, everybody knows in Oklahoma, the phone company was Southwestern Bell. And uh, my oldest daughter now, she was born uh, during that period. And then uh, we moved to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And during that period, uh, Sarah was born. And uh, then uh, we wound up moving to uh, San Antonio, Texas, and lived in uh, Texas for a little over 30 years. Wow. Wow. Sarah and the rest of the family are still there. I'm in Oklahoma now and uh, retired from the phone company after 33 years of uh, service. And when I retired, we had reassembled the bell system as AT&T. And so um, that pretty much was a huge win for me. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) You know, it must be exciting to be an integral part of history you know, making that setting up with the phone company and then transitioning into AT&T, that's, that's huge. That's not something everybody can claim. So that's exceptional. Like you said, it was a big win. And, you know, we really appreciate, like I said, you being here and we know you have a lifetime of experience that we would love to glean from you. And as you're aware, our podcast is called Courageous Living and it has been brought to our attention what a courageous life that you have led. So would you mind sharing a time with us when maybe you faced adversity or just felt like you were struggling and, and how you faced that and overcame that in your life? Well, I kind of had a rough childhood. Um, my dad was very strict um, and uh, times he would go overboard with that. Uh, yeah, it, it was challenging growing up, but uh, later on in life, uh, we became best friends and uh, got all that in the past. And forgiveness is a powerful tool. Yes. So uh, I would say the only other challenges really for me uh, have been with my children. Uh, Jennifer had a kidney issue years ago, and that was terrifying. And so uh, that was a challenge and she overcame that. So that's the kind of thing that I look at as being courageous. Absolutely. So with your dad, you said something so key. You were talking about how great forgiveness is and that is key in restoring ourselves and our relationships. How, at what point in your life did 
were you able to make that transition? Because I know we all go through ebbs and flows of, of just making it through the day to thriving and going through that forgiveness process. Was there a specific process you went through or what um, helped you go through that with your dad? We had a very uh, religious background, um, our family. Uh, we, we had uh, a lot of faith and probably after I left home, uh, found that forgiveness was necessary, essential. And I also went back to, you know, uh, if Jesus can forgive those that killed him, tortured him, uh, then we certainly can, you know, forgive anyone. Absolutely. Um, I had to go through a forgiveness process myself with my biological father, so I can appreciate all that. And it definitely took some time and uh, the grace of God and <laughs> his energy and support. But like you said, we can accomplish all things through him. And so I think that's that's excellent. And where did you find your strength for supporting Jennifer through her kidney issues and, and what that was? Because I imagine not, especially being a dad, you're concerned for your child, but also you're the anchor for the family. And so, you know, trying to lead the family with that courageous face while at the same time, you know, having that concern. So how did you navigate that? Well, it, it's kind of like, you don't have a choice. You have to do those things. And, uh, you know, just remember, you know, literally sleeping on the floor in the hospital room uh, while she was, you know, laying. And you, you either believe in God and you take strength in that, and you believe that everything will be fine. So then getting through that, then you spent a lot of time, I would guess, praying. What other things helped you get through that time? Well, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we were just really busy during that period. It had been a long, long time ago. So, you know, kind of fuzzy right now, but yeah, we, we just, we didn't, we got by. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's also been so many things um, in his adulthood that have been so trying. And if you want to share about these, I think that would be so powerful. But things like, um, you know, your seizure and like there's so many things like that. Motorcycle accidents, like so many things. Um, I guess another seizure when you were driving the truck, like those kind of things, too. Um, because that's, that's a huge thing that a lot of people would take those scenarios and take it to a bad place. Like they would just give up. Like, I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to get better. I'm never, but you never did that. You were so courageous through all of that. And when I was a mess, when all those things happened, you were comforting me. And I'm like, wait, this isn't, something's not right about this. I should be comforting him. So you were so courageous and you fought so fiercely to get back to normal or what would be your new normal. So do you mind sharing some of that? Or even, even maybe the drowning when you were a kid or some of those situations, I think it'd be awesome for people to hear that and how you kind of overcame that with courage too. Oh, the one that really, I guess, stands out the most was um, when I had the, the first seizure. Um, 
I had gone to the doctor for uh, back issues that I was having, and they wanted to do a, what's known as a myelogram. And they put contrast dye in your spine and put you on a table and built you like a lava lamp. Mm -hmm. Then they take all these uh, images. Well, the contrast dye uh, is kind of a, a problem if it gets into your brain. And so it got into my brain stem and I had a grand mal seizure in the middle of the night and uh, woke up and uh, I noticed there was blood everywhere. I was, I was bleeding out of my nose, my eyes, and uh, didn't know who I was or anything, but I called 911. And the next thing I know, they're strapping me to a gurney and we got to get this guy out of here. He's not going to make it. And uh, that was the last thing I remember until I woke up in the hospital uh, almost a day later and uh, welcome back. We didn't expect you because you weren't responding to any stimulus. So when kids, Jennifer and Sarah and Matt, uh, came to the hospital to see me, I had total amnesia and I didn't know who they were. Oh my gosh. And the, the worst part for me was seeing them crying because I didn't know who they were. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I finally started to get my memory back. And even now, there are so many things that I don't remember, like most of the years when the kids were growing up, which probably the toughest part. Mm -hmm. I have to rely on, you know, my kids to fill in the blanks. Uh, I have to rely on pictures and videos and things to kind of see, oh, yeah, that's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really probably one of the toughest. You're living so courageously in light of that because now it's like, like we'll be talking and I'll say something about childhood and he's like, I don't remember that. And it's so funny because every time, like, I think it's an excuse now. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I had a seizure. And I'm like, Dad, you can't use that forever. But I love it because I'm like, man, that is so courageous to just be able to joke about it because I would be, I don't know. I think I would just have a hard time not remembering that stuff, but but you, the way you handle it, it's just, you use your humor and you, you're just like, it is what it is and it's okay. And I have new memories and I have, you know, memories of you guys as adults and that kind of thing. So how would you say that your courage, I mean, that is courageous. Like, how did that happen? How did you get to that point where it was like, you know what, I'm not going to let this take me down. I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, I think my folks were that way. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom was that way. And used to joke about all kinds of things we talked about isn't it funny how everybody wants to go to heaven but no one wants to die to get there <laughs> right <laughs> true <laughs> love that and so anyway we we always had some you know uh smart remark about something and uh, that, that's where i got it you know i when i'd had all my seizures people would ask me uh well you remember such and such and i no i really don't they go, oh, you have to remember that. You were there. And I go, I'm sorry. I had a seizure since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
Wow, that was pretty powerful. I can't imagine how frightening that must have been in that moment, waking up, finding blood everywhere and being disoriented like that. And, you know, talk about God intervening and helping you to be even able to be aware enough to call 911. That's Mm -hmm. like miraculous in and of itself. Um, anyone who's dealt with somebody who's had a grand mal seizure knows that it's, it takes a while for you to even get oriented. So for you to be able to do that and receive the care that you needed is miraculous. And, and, um, like Sarah said, your positive attitude and focusing on the things that you can do is really powerful for succeeding in the face of adversity. And I just think that is such a powerful example and really appreciate you sharing that with us. So, you know, courageous living is about that, but it's also about making things happen in your life. So let's talk about something positive. What um, was the goal of yours that you made happen in your life that you're proud of? My children. (laughs) I did a little heart. Y'all can't see it, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, the greatest gift you can ever get is your children. And then it's magnified with your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, uh, if I never accomplished anything else, having good kids, is is key that's awesome the one i know is amazing so you've done a phenomenal (laughs) job there she inspires me consistently so definitely appreciate that well what about going forward what do you look forward to most in the next few years well yeah i'm 67 going on 68 so i realized that you know uh i'm closer to the end than the beginning and uh, I'm just happy with where I'm at, you know, comfortable with where I'm at. If it all comes to an end tomorrow, uh, one thing people will know about me is that uh, I've been blessed. I know where I'm going. That's awesome. Um, so I'd like to tap into that for a second. I love that your family is so faith-filled and that you have this undeniable faith that clearly is unshaken so where did you begin your relationship with God when I was growing up uh, we went to uh, seventh day church of God and uh, it's Saturday Sunday and uh, for us from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday was Sabbath and so it really messed up a lot of Friday nights but uh my dad's uh, father uh, was uh, founder of the church. Oh, he wow. Was deacon in, or co-founder was a deacon. So he was very uh, religious, very faithful, and that's kind of where we got it. He was very rigid. Uh, so, you know, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> but but you've maintained that since leaving the home so what was the motivation for you to maintain that personally well i i think uh over the years you know uh i I put in so much time and energy into work that i kind of lost sight of a lot of that and so i i think after i retired probably it really hit me that 
uh, it wasn't uh, really anything other than, you know, my faith will sustain me through any. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because there's so many people that don't have that kind of faith and they are not um, pursuing that or understanding how that can really play into your life and being courageous and getting through really tough times. What would you say to those people that are either teetering with faith or they don't They don't depend on that or they don't understand it because you have such a powerful testimony in so many things. And honestly, I think that's what helped me want to find that faith myself because just watching you over the years. So what would you say to someone that's like, meh, I don't need that? Well, I think if someone says, yeah, I don't need that, they probably have inability to truly love people Mm. i think that you have to love people you know as as jesus says you know love others as you love your neighbor as you love yourself yeah and so me i would say um i've learned to really love people and uh I, i don't i don't care if it's a total stranger we can talk five minutes to be great friends yeah 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 i love that was there ever a time that you can recall where you were mad at god Mm. no i really i really have not uh been at that point in my life uh i guess for me uh the thing is i i believe that I, I know a lot of people go, well, God did this, God did that. I believe that we're here on this earth. We have free will. Mm-hmm. And God lets things play out. And then we're judged on how we handle that. So, you know, yeah, he, he will help uh, in response to prayer. But I don't think he, you know intentionally you know moves mountains and and changes the course rivers and things uh or you know reshapes lives i think he gives us tools to do that ourselves yeah that's good that's really powerful yeah yeah i have um a family that i know right now and god bless them they um just lost their 17 year old daughter last Mm. week to covid oh and then that his other son and his wife just lost, had a stillborn baby. And then his wife had um, a stroke two days later. Oh my God. All within the last. Yeah. And, you know, I look at that and all of them are such kind hearted, loving community involved, loving people. And you would just think, oh my gosh, you know, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and some may be tempted to turn and say, okay, what's up, God? What are you, what's happening here? But right. like you, they've all been, you know what? I was given this opportunity to have, you know, these amazing people in my life. And I'm so grateful for the time that I had with my daughter. And I'm so grateful for the, the example, you know, and, and just them loving on each other and all the community that's come out to support them. And they're really focusing 
on what they can that's positive to get through it. But, you know, I like that you said that, you know, God doesn't necessarily alter the course for us, but he'll give us the tools and the power to manage it and have the strength to get through it. And I think that is courageous living. And obviously you're a great example of that. So I'm just curious, what would you say is the best and you can't say your children. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what, is the, what is the best act of service that has ever been done for you? That's a head scratcher. Yeah. yeah. That's my job. <laughs> what, what service has been done for me? What? Yeah. What act of service or kindness has been done for you? Uh, there's just been so many. It's, it's really hard to say. I mean... As a child, I was probably, I don't know, eight, something. And uh, we had gone to visit family in Santa Barbara, California. And uh, I got pulled out into the ocean. Wow. And my, my dad's cousin was a lifeguard. And she pulled me in and resuscitated. Wow. Do you yeah. have detailed memories of that? Or is that one that you just, is kind of fuzzy? or? It's, it's very fuzzy. It, it's really fuzzy. So... Yeah, I guess that was an act of kindness or whatever. You know, it changed the course of my life. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be here right now if you'd have drowned. We wouldn't be on this call. But no, <laughs> we wouldn't. <laughs> that is amazing. And what a what a great gift, too, that she was there. Yeah. Because that could have had a totally different outcome. So, yeah, that's an amazing gift. And um, aside from what you do for your kids, what's um, an act of service that you recall doing for somebody else? You know, it, it just happens. It's nature. And, uh, you know, I don't even think about it. You know, I just do those things. I've yeah. opened doors for other people. And, you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because he even does stuff for me and I'm like a grown up now. (laughs) But but like every time I visit him, he always without fail will buckle my seatbelt for me. Oh, and I'm like, and my kids are like, why does Papa do that? And I'm like, because I'm his kid. They're like, you're a grown up. (laughs) I'm like, I know, but it's awesome. (laughs) I love it. That is so cute. (laughs) I don't want you to hurt yourself twisting around for your seatbelt. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might throw out a hip or something. That's right. You know what? That's so awesome, though, because, and it sounds like you've just had this whole um, history of positive habits you've carried forward. You mentioned that you don't even think about it. And I think that's a great place to get to is these little habits of service that benefit other people that just become second nature to us, which makes us, you know, live in such a peaceful world. I was in, um, on a singles page yesterday. And one of the things they asked was, um, they asked everybody to respond, how do you feel valued? And I thought, well, that's an interesting question. And I thought about it. And one of the first things I thought of was, you know, it doesn't take these grandiose gestures for me to feel valued. Sometimes it's somebody just smiling at me or acknowledging I'm there saying hello or opening a door for me, you know? So you doing that though to you, it's like, oh, it's just what I do. No, like, 
when I feel that somebody has seen me and they're holding a door open for me, they have seen me. And it's just that little acknowledgement that I've been valued. And so I love that. I know not everybody out there has that same opinion, but for me, like that was one of the things that I thought of that was just, you know, those kindnesses, those little things that they have a big impact. You know, um, I went to, uh, college, went back to college a few years ago, and it was really funny. I had, um, I was participating in, in this theater makeup class, and we had done horror makeup, and I had to leave there and get somewhere else, and I didn't have time. I was going to take off my makeup while I was driving at the stop signs because I just didn't have time. <laughs> so I walked from one side of campus to the parking lot, and not one person even noticed because they're all staring at their phones. Oh my gosh. And I was like, hello. <laughs> I could have been there with me, me, me. But not one person noticed. And I just thought, you know, so the person who holds open the door, looks you or nods at you and just gives you throughout the day, those little nods to me is one of the ways that I feel valued. And so for you, like I said, you've got these built-in habits you've done throughout your life. And so you you don't even think about them, which is remarkable, but to the person receiving them, that is remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, like with, I'm sorry, I got to call him dad. Cause he's my dad. So when, <laughs> you know, when dad and I, even, even when he and I had a really trying time together, cause I was a brat, I was in my what late teens, early twenties. And I was just being a brat, making really stupid choices. And we didn't speak for a while, but he still was like, okay, I'm not going to let our relationship dissolve because of this. I'm just going to call her. And I will never forget that call at work that day. And I was like, he's like, Hey, and we just were, we talked and he said he was sorry. I said, I was sorry. And, but he's always had that mentality. Like my kids are it. I don't care if they're dumb and make stupid choices. I'm still going to love them. And that call meant so much to me. And I'm, I'm just, I remember standing there. I was a dog groomer and people could see me through the window. And I just remember standing there bawling going, can we talk about this later? But thank you. I'm sorry too. <laughs> but he just, and he never ceased. And he did the things he did because he loved me and he wanted the best for me. And back then I didn't understand that. I thought he was just being a mean dad, but but he wasn't and he always comes back no matter what no matter if I'm being stupid or being a jerk he still comes back and he's like I love you I, I'll talk to you soon and I'm like you know what that's what our father in heaven does we do dumb stuff we make poor choices <laughs> yeah. we create you know pain and and hurt and he still loves us and he still comes to us and he stood there waiting for me still the whole time like my dad never ever walked away from me always stood by me so that's one thing that I can say about him that I think that's courageous too because I think a lot of parents are like I can't deal with this kid anymore I'm done and they <laughs> you know wipe their hands free of him and he never did that he's like okay yeah. well, when you're ready I'm right here <laughs> so yeah yeah, that means so much. I, I know in my own world, my dad did the same thing for me. There was something that I did that was incredibly dumb. I'm not going to go into it because <laughs> we, we don't need to. We've all done dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I remember I had literally left home just 
moved out and it was only for a week or two, but still I just was being completely stubborn and just being a 20 year old. And um, I remember when I came home with my tail between my legs and head bowed, you know, and he could have done, I told you so thing, or, yeah. you know, I warned you or what were you thinking? But instead I knocked, I actually knocked on the front door because I just didn't feel like it was my home because I had left. And he just opened the door, stepped out on the porch and grabbed me in his arms and pulled me in and just hugged me and said, I'm so happy you're home. Yes. And I just cried and I was just like, wow. And he never once mentioned anything yeah. of that past two weeks, not one thing. And I just felt his love and his acceptance and you know, like you said, it kind of reminds me of my father in heaven too. And he's yeah. like the same way, just come home child, just, you know, let me love on you. And it's a learning opportunity. You learn what you need to from that, but I'm not going to shame or blame you. It's just, you know, and I just think that's so important because not a lot of people have that experience, unfortunately. That's and true. fortunately, there are some people whose fathers aren't present in their life or even have some abusive fathers. And that's mm -hmm. so hard for them to heal. Um, so it's awesome that there are men like you, Steve, who are out there. And like you said, you may think holding a door open is no big deal for somebody or it's just a habit, for, but for people who may not have that influence or kindnesses in their life, it means so much. And yeah. how awesome of an example it is for you to even apologize to your daughter, because a lot of people mm -hmm. are prideful and they're like, I'm the parent. I don't need to, but to be like, Hey, I recognize my part in this. That's courageous too, mm -hmm. you know, and what yeah. an amazing example you set for your family. So, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of courageous, so, so dad, what does, when you hear that, like courageous living, what does that mean to you? Like, what do you think of when you hear that? Well, I, I guess for me, you know, it's about challenges and, and, think a lot of people are challenged in different ways some people you know uh have infirmities you know they're you know, they're paralyzed or they're blind or, and you know those are true challenges and to get by those they have to be truly courageous uh, it, it doesn't take a lot of courage if if things are you know great you know where you really have no complaints Oh, I, I just think that, you know, we have to be thankful for everything that we've got. And you have to be smart about your blessings. One yeah. of the blessings that you you have is the ability to realize how blessed you are. Yes. That's yeah. excellent. So good. So this is kind of um, an interesting question that a lot of people have a hard time answering, but... What is your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, my ability to uh, forgive people, forgive myself, not hold grudges. Uh, yeah, I just love people and I know people do dumb things. Now, you know, there are some people in your life that you can forgive them, you can love them. You can't be around them because it's just going to be, you know, uh, wash, rinse, and repeat, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to just kind of walk away, but you still love them. Yes. And you forgive them. 
I that's preach amazing. that to my kids all the time. I guess that's where I got it from. <laughs> I never realized that. I do. I tell them you you can love that person from a distance, but they are not good to be in your circle. <laughs> so, and they know that. They realize that. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree for sure. <laughs> True. <laughs> but we're so grateful. Like I said, you have an amazing daughter. I, I look forward to meeting the rest of the family. But um, so. Was there ever a dream you had as a kid that you didn't get to fulfill, like maybe being a race car driver, or is there anything like that that you wish you had the opportunity to do or fulfill? Well, as a kid, I didn't have a lot of dreams. Uh, I, I was um, just trying to. Mm. Okay. Well, how about now? Are there any dreams that you have now that you'd like to fulfill? No. No, because I've got my children. I got my grandchildren. I'm retired. You know, being retired for me, I know a lot of people are terrified of it. Uh, I retired at age 54. I've been retired for going on 14 years now. And a lot of people thought I would be dead in six months because I was so uh, hyper-involved in work and yeah. was constantly on the go and busy. So they thought, you know, oh, this is not going to work. No, after I retired, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like a teenager again, you know, uh, I've got a little more money, uh, than I did when I was a teenager <laughs> and I don't have any parents telling me what I can and can't do. <laughs> Amen to that. That's what your kids so, do now. So I, love, <laughs> I, I, I love my boss. That's me. I, you know, can be pretty tough on myself, but. You know, I, I love my hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, with this newfound freedom, if you could go anywhere on vacation and spend a week or two, where would you like to go? Well, uh, we're getting ready to go back, uh, Barbara, my wife and I, to uh, New Orleans. Uh, oh, nice. We got married there in uh, 2017. And... Uh, we try to go back to the scene of the crime, you know, every year. <laughs> last year, instead of going, well, uh, last year we couldn't go, but, uh, in 2019, uh, we went to, uh, Alaska oh, and that nice. was kind of on our bucket list to, you know, do the inside passage and go into on territory in Canada. Wow. I bet that was amazing. It was. It was That's awesome. Cool. What are you going to do for fun in New Orleans? Oh, uh, we like to go to the French Quarter and just go to all the the jazz bars and things like that. The blues. Nice. Yeah, we got terrific restaurants. It's it's just uh, just a festive atmosphere. Awesome. Have you ever uh, played a musical instrument or do you have any desire to? Um, well, I played the piano. Uh, as a kid and uh, I played uh, the piano in church and you know as a teenage boy that's not really what I wanted to do but I was kind of forced to do it so now the only musical instrument I play is like radio or you know, iPod <laughs> and you rock it <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Good at that. yeah I can change them channels like crazy <laughs> Just wait till you create your own playlist. <laughs> right. I have. I've got my own playlist. Ooh, <laughs> living on the edge. <laughs> you better slow down there, Tiger. That's right. 
<laughs> speaking of living on the edge yeah. so he has a motorcycle too he is a motorcycle man so if you were to decide to go anywhere on your motorcycle where would it be would it be a destination would it be around the world would you have any desire to do something like that uh yeah i i mean <laughs> i've ridden a lot um okay. I, i've ridden probably about two hundred twenty-five thousand miles uh since 2002 wow. and i wore out one motorcycle and i'm about to wear out this one and uh i'd I just like to get out and ride. It doesn't matter where. I never really think about where I'm going. The motorcycle yeah. knows. I just find out when I get there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. Uh, so what would you, if you look back at your life, you're thinking about your life, what would you say you want to have your legacy be remembered for? What would the legacy you leave behind be for you? I was a pretty good guy and uh you know uh, i believe in god and um and this is all over i'm pretty confident where i'm going and i, I think that's a good thing yes <laughs> and uh i you know i i hope to see everybody there that's amazing i think that's beautiful and i think you've accomplished all that i think yeah, obviously, just through getting to know you briefly through this, it's been an honor and it's been great to see that you actually have all those qualities and start. So since you're Sarah's dad, I have to ask this question. What uh -oh. is the funniest story that you remember about Sarah? No, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, <laughs> well, see, that's part of the problem. You know, I, I had that. He's had a seizure uh, since then. Seizure. I had <laughs> that seizure and, and the amnesia. And there are so many things that, you know, I I can't remember. But, you know, when they tell me these things, then it kind of jogs my memory. Uh -huh. So it's like uh, when we were cleaning catfish. And, oh. you know, Sarah was telling me about uh, <laughs> crying <laughs> because, you know, uh, my son was trying to... Uh, hit this catfish in the head with a hammer <laughs> to kill it and he just kept bouncing it you know off its head but not doing any damage horrible. other than annoying the catfish it was <laughs> she, horrible she got, she got really you know upset about that <laughs> and he thought it was funny <laughs> i was traumatized i had to go to therapy how old were you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't even know. I think I was probably around eight because he would have been five or so. <laughs> so I was traumatizing. I'm like, Dad, intervene here. What's going on? <laughs> the poor fish. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <Just kept> bouncing. <laughs> yeah, we got to go on a uh, motorcycle trip to Sturgis back in uh, 2008. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of bonding there. So. Yeah. There was, a, sure lot there was a lot of funny stories. Funny stuff there. Lots of funny <laughs> stories there. We probably shouldn't share some of those. <laughs> no, please do. Sharon is not a caring. <laughs> oh, we like saw some stuff. If you've ever heard of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, it's it's weird. 
it's crazy. I don't even know where to start with that. But yeah, there's so many stories. There's some weird people in this world. Yeah. People do dumb things. <laughs> yeah. But we laughed a lot during that trip. So <laughs> well, I think it's only fair that it goes both ways. How about you, Sarah? What's your funniest story about your dad? Um <laughs> well, I have a lot too. I don't <laughs> this wasn't funny for him, but for some reason I laughed about it later and I feel really bad about it because it was actually not funny. But <laughs> I think the way he <laughs> he handled it was funny to me so when we visited him a while back it was a couple of years ago I guess um we were leaving and we were getting everything in the car <laughs> he's laughing because he remembers <laughs> but we were getting in the car and we put stuff in the back and I have an SUV so it's got like a hatch and it raises up well I hit the button I didn't know he was still sitting there <laughs> and I hit the button and it like gashed him in the forehead. Oh, no. There's blood everywhere. I'm freaking oh, out. No. Like, we need to go to the hospital because I looked at his head and it's like wide open. And he's like, no, oh, I'm fine. God. I'm fine. Just get in the car. I think he still buckled me in. And I'm like, <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> and then he goes inside and I'm like, we can't leave. I am so worried about him. He might have a concussion. He might need stitches. Like, I couldn't leave. And so I went in there and he he's just like over the toilet like trying not to throw up. and I'm like dad are you okay and, yeah. and he's just like I'm fine y'all have a good trip I love you, call you later. <laughs> and so at the time it was terrifying but yeah back I'm like okay that was kind of, that was kind of funny <laughs> and he just handled it like I'm good I'm good while he's bleeding everywhere but well, it feels just a flesh back. Wound. I had to put skin back in place yeah <laughs> it was like three pieces the way it had dashed it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and he was fine, but I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so traumatized. But the girls still remember and they still talk about it. Every time I put the hatch up to you know load groceries or whatever, they're like, Mom, you remember when Papa hit his head? I'm like, Yes, I remember. <laughs> so but it's yeah, Steve Phoenix so, song, Stand Back, Stand Back. Yeah, I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> do the beep, do the alert. Oh, but well, no, there's, there's okay. lots, lots of funny stories. I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that, but it's funny yeah, it now. Was, it was really funny but, then. <laughs> and the, the, yeah. the kids was the really scary part. Yeah, yeah, they were really freaked out. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's, there's lots of hurt. So oh many my stories. gosh he's a really funny guy like he cracks me up all the time of course when I was a kid I was annoyed by it but now it's really funny he's got really good dad jokes <laughs> oh do you have a dad joke real quick for us <laughs> hmm. do you have a dad joke dad me? yeah uh, yeah a dad joke oh man his are more like just off the cuff like in the moment yeah you'll say something and he'll make a comment and it's like dad but it's funny and he starts laughing hysterically and we're like that was not funny but then inside we're laughing <laughs> well remember when we went to the uh the doctor after i had that seizure you mm -hmm. went with me mm -hmm. and uh we're in the uh waiting room with the doctor you know for the doctor to come in and i'm playing with the stethoscope and oh and yeah <laughs> he's i can't take him anywhere he starts playing with the doctor's stethoscope he starts playing with the little skeleton on the table and i'm like dad stop and then it falls off and it like something came off of it and i'm like okay 
like hurry up you fix that before your doctor comes in yeah and then he's just <laughs> laughing and the doctor's like is everything okay i'm like yes it's just my dad he's being just like a mr bean moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you, Steve, for spending time with us today and sharing with us your courageous life and just your stories of faith and, you know, that provides so much um, inspiration and just helps people to want to move forward in their own lives. And, you know, um, it's a little bit in the future, but happy Father's Day a little early. Yes. So, um, but thank you again for joining us. And for all of you out there, just we encourage you to take some time and spend with your father if you can, or a father figure in your life and just sit down and, and spend an hour and just enjoy and appreciate your time with your, with your dad. And thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Like and follow Sarah and Heidi on their Facebook page, Tolbert and McLean Coaching, and share with them your stories, thoughts about today's episode, and let them know what topics you'd like for them to discuss. If you have any questions for Sarah and Heidi, or would like to schedule a coaching session, you can email them at tolbertandmcleancoaching at gmail.com. See you next week.